When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, and welcome to the forum. I got in there first, Phil was dying to say it, but I said it first. We don't know who's hosting, don't we not, Phil? Tom, I kind of not Neil Berle, a good so, uh, Vilkman, bienvenue. I think you said something like, I don't know English in that. Did you say that in Irish? Shat. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so if you don't know English, I definitely don't know Irish. So this could be a long, long hour um, where we just try to work out what each other is saying um, in different languages, which would be the crack. But um, now what we're going to do tonight is um, it's a diff- little bit different on the forum tonight because some people are on work, some people are on holidays and some people are just not available. So only me and Phil. So what we decided was we bring three or four topics and then we're just going to let all of you give us topics as well to talk about. Now, not random topics like me and Andy you're going to talk about tomorrow night which is going to be it's always different we're talking football topics that me and phil can um debate because me and phil rarely agree on anything to be perfectly honest with you so it's one of those but um phil i want to talk to you about the newcastle takeover because i know you're intrigued especially by now i know these aren't american takeovers but you're intrigued by when when this sort of thing happened what our thought process is behind it but a lot of people are, you know, going down the route of the human rights thing. You know, Newcastle fans are just delighted to have rid of Ashley, who's been linked with Derby County, by the way, this week. Um, what's your take on it? Because I just, I'm just looking going, they've done well. You know, when all said and done, they've done well here. My take is simple. Success covers up every type of human rights abuse or bad thing that an owner can do. Um and ultimately, nobody in the Newcastle fan base, and to be fair, nobody in the, in the English mainstream media will be talking about potential Saudi Arabian uh, human rights violations if Newcastle win a Champions League and win a league trophy. Because they, they, don't, they don't pay attention to what's going on with PSG and the Qataris. They pay, there's, no, there's nothing being said about the guys in, in Manchester City, um, despite the known sports washing that's going through this thing at the moment. This is a, this is a, 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 this is as, as big a sports washing fund that can get. And the fit and proper test is a joke, right? Um, mm. There's no point in having it. They may as well just let anyone take over a club. Like all the short doing is if, if you can get, if Kim Jong-un decides to take over a club in the Premier League, why would they not let him in? 
The only one that's going to stop them now is if, if Johnson and Johnson is will be desperate to get people with money into England now at this stage. You have trucks or something like that. If Kim Jong Un said, "I'll get you a load of truck drivers over there tomorrow," he'd be able to buy any club he wants. Yeah, because <clears throat> on the Newcastle thing, like. About a year ago, we heard about Amanda Staveley and this consortium looking to take over, and it was the you know it's whatever they call themselves, um, it, some independent fund or whatever they call it, right? And I didn't think I thought the fit and proper persons test was what was holding this back, you know, basically saying, listen, we don't like where the money's coming from, and um, we know it's a consortium, but um, we're not happy where this is coming from, and we're not willing to let this go. And then when last week came. Or over the weekend, I think it might have been, I think it was the Athletic Broker. And I was like, BN Sports, what the fuck is going on here? And I was like, are you telling me now that because I think it's BN Sports are allowed to be um, transmitted in Saudi Arabia now, is it? Or I don't know, there's something to do with BN Sports, right? And <coughs> they've cleared that up and now it's all good to go. You know, the sort of way I was kind of going, well, are they different people now? Is this a different makeup? Is it a different consortium? It's the exact same thing as what happened now. I don't, I kind of, um, like Bojan says there, the issue was about copyright um, and that's being cleared up. And that's that's absolutely fine. Um, Jono said it's the Saudi Public Investment Fund. Yeah, thanks for uh, clearing that up. For me, Phil, I, I kind of, like Kev says earlier, just money grab. It's a money grab, like, you know, get all this money in, like you said. And the fit and proper test, like you said, it's just, it's it's not. It's not worth the fucking papers written on, is it? And I, well, I want to say that in the in the context of it's happened. I, I'm not. I'm not fucking here going. Oh no, no, no! I'm not giving out. It's just a bit weird the way it's going. A year later, what they're talking about being sports copyright thing, and that now it's all good. Look, I'm, I'm, most of them are hitting this in the head. It's like this is a country buying a club, right? to put as much money into it as possible, who will then use the club to advertise their country, mm-hmm. right? Be it for their products, destinations. Think about what, what, what um, City have done. Eddie had Stadium. You've got Eddie had who would, would, would have pretend he sponsorship deal. Um, millions, of, millions of quid on flowers around the stadium, which was yeah. an all-time favourite. Like, you know, making up statues that that cost 10 billion or whatever it was so they can put money into the club. It's just going to be the same thing. So, you know, this, this, and this is where I wanted to go with the topic. It's like, I, I don't want to, I, I, I'm finding it very difficult to be interested in football. And I said this a while back um, on in the summertime. The year we won the league, I felt like we completed football. And I know people think that that's mad, right? But just the way we won it. And, I just thought that was probably going to be the last opportunity a club will be able to. And we're not a club that's come from nothing, by the way. Let's be honest about this. We've been, we were the biggest club in England for, for decades, right? We were the highest spenders in England. We were the equivalent of what these look like back in the 80s because um, we were breaking the records for all the players. We were the Man United of, of what is today. Because if you look at Man United as a commercial entity, it makes no difference whether a, a state-funded entity or anything comes in. They have as much money as they need to spend on anyone that they want to spend it on, be it wages or whatever it is that, that's there, right? Um and I thought we we were probably the last ourselves, unless there may, may be the last of the clubs that can actually build something to become something. Because if, if these lads come in, they can hump as much money as they feel like at this, right? Mm-hmm. I've I've seen things about FFP and stuff. FFP is dead in the water. There's there's, there's 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 no replacement yet. And the guy who's 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 replacing the FFP rules is the fella who um runs PSG. It's like 
anything he comes up with is going to basically allow the Saudi Arabians to do whatever they want at Newcastle because he's going to be doing the exact same thing. So there's other two ways that this can be dealt with. From a fan's point of view, it's irrelevant. You can have all your protests you want. You can do everything that you want to talk about, you know, protest, walk down the street, whatever. But it doesn't make a blind bit of difference. They, they can, it doesn't make a blind bit of difference. You no, I, I, don't, I don't think it does. And I, I think like, you know, there's no. There's, I don't think there's much argument with the with the human rights issues. So I don't think there's much argument there. But I'm not. I'm no expert in it. Um, I've just a small bit of read. There's no real argument. You could you couldn't send them go. No, there's not. I, you know what I'm saying. Mm. But I'm not. I'm not an. I'm not an expert in anything. I'm being honest with you. You know. Um, but reading that, I kind of go can't deny that. But if I was to look into owners of clubs elsewhere in the league and the world, I'd probably find something that I could yeah. stand up against the Saudi stuff and say, well, why are they on? Like Motosir Ali says, BN Sports is a Qatari-based Saudi and Qatar, not on the best of terms. So Saudi banned BN Sports, who hold the rights for all Premier League in the Middle East. Saudi had to unban BN Sports to clamp down on piracy. And that's obviously what got through. But like, aside from that, like I, I, my point of view on this is that What's going to happen just for the Premier League is Newcastle are going to be a force in the Premier League. People that think they're not, I think, are mad because, like you said, they'll come in there and they'll say, right, um, like, first of all, that, that there's meant to be a clear separation. The people on this independent, independent fund, or whatever they call themselves, actually, the, the people on the board I read the other day are actually like five ministers from Saudi Arabia, the government ministers. Like, there's no separation. But look, that that's that's the Premier League's fucking thing to 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 sort out or, or let go or just not look at, right? What's what's next for Premier League clubs, Phil? Because, you know, I've read I've read stuff like, oh, six or seven or eight Premier League clubs have demanded an emergency meeting with the Premier League and the FA and, and whatever else over this. And, and I'm kind of looking going, why? Why? Because but, if, 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 if with them seven or eight, if, if, if another crowd came along tomorrow and looked to buy them, they'd be pushing to say, well, we're getting it now. You know, do the Premier League clubs have a leg to stand on? I want to see where they want to go with this. Where did he move? What's the next move? Because I think Chelsea will be egged on by this and and City, and they'll buy and they'll spend and spend and spend, pushing prices all the way back up again. And they wanted the rest too. You know, again, it's 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 naive to think that they make noise, right? But anyone that the, the so who are the real clubs that are going to make the biggest noise about it? It's going to be the likes of Arsenal, Spurs, and ourselves. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's let's be honest about it. We're going to make the biggest noise saying this is a lot of bollocks. You yeah, Beijing Pops is, um, and a couple of other sorry have um, just corrected me, and that's cool. They said all the other clubs wanted to meet. It was reported six, seven, or eight, I think it was, but all of them wanted to meet. So go ahead, Phil. Sorry. Yeah. So look, all Newcastle is going to do is do exactly what Chelsea and, what happened at Chelsea in in at the start of the, of the noughties. What's happened at City since the end of the noughties, Right. They're just going to follow that model of horses much money into it. Great. Mad, mad sponsorship deals and pretend that, that it's real and they're going to spend massive amount of money on players. The real impact of this is that you want, for us anyway, we want to be consolidate where we are at the moment. So the biggest risk is to an Arsenal or a Tottenham. They can suddenly become uh, another Aston Villa and I don't mean that with any disrespect to Aston Villa although when you say I don't mean that with any disrespect it actually is the most disrespectful thing you yeah, can do yeah. but it's it's like they're a yesterday club right so that they had this time period and now they don't and who, who have an extremely rich owner by the way yeah like Stan Kroenke you know people don't realise how, uh, how rich Villa I mean Kroenke. oh Villa yeah and, Villa well, even an at Arsenal rich owner yeah 
like Arsenal, Stan Kroenke is worth billions. You know what I mean in terms of what he is, and, and he is a property um, specialist in, in the states, and he's after going and building that SoFi Stadium that both the the the, um, the Rams and the Chargers play out. But like his interest is is really in American football. It's not. It's, it's at the moment his focus is not on Arsenal or or, the, or, the, or England. It's on it's on on America. So, you know, the only difference is is what this facilitates Newcastle to do, and what does that do to the top six? Okay, so at the moment you've got ourselves, Chelsea, United, City. We're batting above, well, we're not. We're in the top four, but we're batting above where we should be in the top four based on the on the, on the, the, the wealth of the owners and how the club is being run, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got traditionally Arsenal and Spurs, and then you've got Leicester, who've been hanging on to the clothes and just by really good recruitment and decent enough management have been... They're thereabouts. It's great investment in their infrastructure yeah. as well, the training grounds and stuff, yeah. So the question is now, what happens next in reality? Okay. Um, do FSG want to play the same game? Okay. Or do they care? Or do they believe their model is their model? And as long as Liverpool are able to compete to be in the Champions League, that's all that matters because this is an asset to them. And the asset, once it's generating and generating interest, they know that if you're there, thereabouts, uh, at some point, you'll get a run, right? The chances is about converting your run. It's like, you look at us, since they've come in, we've had 13, 14, we've had 17, 18, we've had 18, 19, we've had 19, 20. You know what I mean? And eventually we got over the line. And if you look at what what the Red Sox did, um, they've had down years and then they've had years where they've won the World Series since FSG have been in charge. So again, I, I just think it's a, it's a different mindset. But when I, I when I come to the football as an overall proposition, if it just becomes a race of the biggest arms, which I believe it actually is, I then think that's what it's getting to. Yeah, I think the clubs were incredibly fucking thick to be as jellyfished to bend over and and just walk away from the ESL to collapse the way it did because that would have consolidated their position. Mm. Right? Well, th- well, that's the thing because you know. My feeling on it is, is that, and this is just from purely from a footballing sense, and what, I, what I've seen happy with what happened with Chelsea, what I've seen happen with City, um, PSG, um, but that's that's not in their scope most of the time because it's we're looking at Premier League, and what I look at is I genuinely think that these boys aren't coming in. Three hundred million quid is nothing to them for a start, right? That's why they've gone for that level of club. Three hundred million quid is like pittance to them, right? I think they're going to come in, and I don't think they're going to be, you know, this, like somebody said there earlier, they were laughing at um, Amanda Staveley, um, saying that they wanted gradual um, gradual improvement, but wanted to win the Premier League in five years. That's not a gradual improvement. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's just a huge improvement over five years. That's like, it's about probably 10 times what Klopp has done, you know, mm-hmm. since coming in in 2015. When I look at it, I just think to myself, they're going to do what I think they're going to do is going to come in. They're going to put loads of investment in by saying, you know, um, is, is there a Saudi airline? Yeah, well, oh, cool, right? That's on the that's on the spot. That's on the short. We're going to call it um, St James's Park, but we're going to call it such and such, and we're going to say it's a five hundred million quid deal over five years, and, we're, and the short sponsors are five hundred million quid over over five years, and nobody can do fuck all about it because mm-hmm. it's a sponsor and it comes in and it doesn't come directly from that fund. That's it. Right, that's simply it. That's what they're going to do, and they're going to drive everything back up again. Right now, there's nothing me or you can do about that. But when I look at the likes of City, right, especially their owners, now they're worth about a tenth of what these boys are worth. But City are going to go. We're not having that. 
We're not having that. So we're going to go out and we're going to spend a load of money. All right. And Chelsea are going to do the same. Now, unless Abramovich loses interest like he did for a couple of years, but he seems to be back on the on the wagon again. So they're going to do that, right? <laughs> so the thing the thing for me is I think you're right. When you look at the likes of sports who've invested massively in a in an unbelievable stadium, an unbelievable uh, facility, the best in the league, in my opinion. I don't care about attendances. That is the best in the league for me. Facility um, to go and watch a football game, right? You have Arsenal, who spent a lot of money this summer, have a huge owner in Cronky, who seems to be a little bit detached. And what do they do? And then I look at Liverpool. And when I look at Liverpool, I say to myself, people are saying we're, we're you know, somebody said there, we're a cruiserweight in a heavyweight division now. And we probably have been that for the last four or five years since Klopp has come in where we're, we're punching above our level because simply because we don't spend what these people spend. We've a brilliant manager. And people make the point that once Klopp leaves, you know, what will we do? We'll find somebody else and we'll probably be really good or we could be shy. We don't know. But from that model, Phil, I look at FSG and I think to myself, and United to a certain extent, I think the Glazers will make a move either to, I think Glazers might make a move and decide to get out with this now, right? Because they were taking so much out of Manchester United and getting away with it because only City were really around with the mega money and Chelsea, right? And getting away with it to a point. And now there's another person in town doing the same. The the ease in which they can take money on Manchester United gets much harder. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because you're going to have to spend a lot more to stay on a certain level. And that means they're taking out less. Plus, they're looking to sell so many percentage of shares, which will bring them around 160 million quid. And on top of that, they haven't paid a penny of their own money for Manchester United. They've taken 1.5 billion out. They haven't spent a penny on it, and they've possibly two, two and a half, three billion asset there, where they just go, it's going to cost us too much to spend to stay at that level. Let's get out of here. But with FSG, I think it's a big question over their model. Um, now, I'm not having a go with FSG here, because you get into an FSG in and an FSG out thing. I'm just looking at it from a purely footballing sense. FSG have done amazing work for Liverpool on and off the pitch, but can they can they keep up now? Because it's not just keeping up with one, it's not keeping up with two, it's possibly three and possibly four if Manchester United put their, put their ear to the ground and go for it. What do you think they do? Well, I think you've got about two years before Newcastle are challenging for the league. And I know people, forget the five-year thing, right? I think their approach in the summer will be to hoover up as much English talent on about three times the wages they can get anywhere else, right? I think, you know, you know when we were talking about, well, Bellingham would look like a great player for Liverpool. We won't get near him, right? I think they'll go big there. I think if, if, if Sterling's available, they'll offer him 300 grand a week, right? He'll take yeah. it and he'll go there. I think they'll go after experienced top end English players. Harry Kane, I, I would I would put massive money on Harry Kane to go there. And I think they'll go after a big manager. I think they'll go after they're gonna go after a Simeone, a Conte. They might Conte even is, just Conte is meant to be the, the, the fans' favourite anyway, but it could be an issue that they can't how much are they going to be able to do in January? They're, they're second bottom in the league. They're in serious there's a serious chance he could go down. You know, and you've a squad of players there to think I'm not gonna be fucking here next season. But you know what you know when you say like what can they do in January? They can do whatever the fuck they want. But this is not this is not your this is not your, they could they could spend three hundred million in January. They could go and say, What's Holland's bio clause? Right? Seriously. Yeah. And and uh, Dortmund say it's two hundred and fifty million. There you go. But can they do that? It, yeah. They're not in Europe. That's true. But if they were to if they were to do that, just just Let's just say hypothetically, Newcastle go on a run now where they're 
they win six of their next seven or eight of their next ten, just for argument's sake, right? We get around the tone of Christmas and they're, they're sitting ninth. Say for argument's sake, they're sitting ninth, and they go and they do that. They do what you yep. say, and they go on a great run. And out of the second half of the season, they pick up ten wins and fucking five draws in nineteen games, just for argument's sake. And they get into the Europa League. Mm-hmm. They're in Europe then. Can anyone turn around to them and go, well, you spent all this money, you can't get into Europe. You don't no, match FFP. Because, or, because if, well, if you want to go the FFP route, they haven't spent that money over the last three years. Right. So it's it's filtered over three years. The accounting period is three years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's, and, 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 it takes, and it takes in the pandemic period as well. Normally it's two years, but because of the pandemic period, they're allowed to roll in three years, right? They're also allowed to increase their losses for those three years. They can go and spend whatever the fuck they want. Because they don't have to worry about Europe. They can do whatever they want, right? Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, again, guarantee, guarantee you one thing. If they spend a billion in January, just, just say mad mad things, right? Just say mm-hmm. mad, mad, absolutely mad things, right? They spend a billion in January and then spend another billion in July and they get mm-hmm. into the Champions League next year. There's not a hope in hell UEFA are going to stop the team that spent three billion in the course of three transfer windows going into the Champions League because when they've spent that money the, 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 the likelihood they've all the deadly they, players they've all the best players in Europe yes. right and they want to see it on their on their platform UEFA want to, want to spend they want and they want this because the buzz and the anticipation look at what happened when Messi went to PSG in the last window right yeah nobody was talking about oh that's going to break FFP no, it's they're spending. They're giving them five hundred million a week. It, it's going to break FFP. No, they're talking about. There was people queuing up. Nobody queued up in, in PSG ever before. Ever. They, all, there was, they were queuing up to 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 take pictures of Neymar and and his man and sister and everything. That's what they were. They weren't buying jerseys. They were queuing around the corner to go into. They don't care. This is about product. It's about selling product. And that's where I think where football will lose. Maybe for the older fan. Maybe for me. Right. That's where they're going to lose us. But it will attract the younger fan. It will attract the ultimate it, team players off FIFA. They'll, they'll attract, yeah. attract the FIFA generation. Thing. And that, that's more so than anything else because that's who they're trying to attract. And I, t- I genuinely believe the interest for the likes of Qatar, um, the the Emirate lads, the these lads, is because they know the Premier League are talking about moving two or three games a season to a place that isn't mm. England to have these games the same as the NFL have taken these games uh, away from America to bring the product across the world and to sell it across the globe and they want their country on display they they are going to spend big to get Manchester City to play in whatever the Etihad is that they live in right they're going to play the PSG will want to play a game in Qatar right yeah the Saudi Arabians will be saying well hang on a second if those lads are getting this massive product down and people are there's a camera on this only saying positive things look at this amazing city look at all this thing that's going off right that's where they go no that's what it is and I believe the problem is once once these lads get into the Champions League right once they get Newcastle into the Champions League nothing is off limits right nothing I think I think um, Kevin Sullivan makes the point if they want Allison, they can put as much money in front of Liverpool as they want and they'll get him and there's a, and there's a price for every player in the world price for yeah. every player in the world right if they want to go and take Mo Salah, I know, and I don't believe he, I don't believe he'll go. But if they wanted, they're saying, and and nobody would be going for Origi. Yeah. Nobody ever said. Well, if you yeah, is being linked, um, uh, Lingard's being linked. I've seen somebody said that in the chat actually. Um, Paul Smith said uh, he heard he can spend up to five hundred million in January to feel like it because actually spent hardly any money where he owned the club. Obviously, because they were coming out 
they were coming out like literally in profit nearly every year. Go and again. Didn't. Go yeah. again. Forget 500 million. A billion. Yeah. But, and, and, and I suppose I suppose you're right. It'll all just come down to, you know, don't get me wrong. If you, I think Kev's right, any player, no player or club or whatever is off limits, it'll all come down to a player saying, do I want to go there? What are they about? But money does talk. It absolutely does. But what do you think though, Phil? What, what, like, can you see, like, I think Chelsea, and I, I said it before, I think Chelsea and, and City will bite on this and look to look to really compete. And I think that's bad news for everybody else who have, like FSG, that run on a model. And like Manchester United, that run on a model. Manchester United is the biggest money-making football club in the world. There's no doubt about it. Simply because what they've done in the early to mid-90s um, with, the, with the infrastructure they have, probably not the training ground because I don't think it's ever been good. Um, I think they train at the Cliff and Carrington. And I don't think they're, they're massively rated. But with regards to Old Trafford, it's 77,000 odd people are in Old Trafford. And they were just mega worldwide when everything clicked. And, you know, the world became you could get the world at a touch of a button um, in the, probably the mid mid-90s. They just went Bananas, you know, the sort of way. So they're a money making machine. But can you see the likes of Glazers or the likes of FSG turn around and going, This is a race we can't win? Regardless of how good our manager is, regardless of how good our model is, regardless of how good we are with money, um, or how attractive we are as as football clubs, this is not a race we can win now. And it turns into mega sovereign um ownership of football clubs. And that's the only way you're going to be able to compete. And that's what's going to happen in the end. And we lose the likes of yourself and whoever else that feels that just this is getting fucking stupid now. It's, it's no, I see again, it's about models, right? So whenever you get the right blend of recruitment manager and money, you get results. Doesn't make a difference, right? We spent we've spent a lot of money. And people say, you know, net spending on it, it, it's true. But like we spend a lot of money on players, right? Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't go well with the with the narrative, but we spend an awful lot of money. We make up an awful lot of money back, but we spend an awful lot of money in terms of transfer fees, agent fees, and all that type of stuff. There's always going to be the capability to spend. It's just about what can you do. Now the problem is we've already seen it with Manchester City. No matter what anybody else does, they can do the same and they can go bigger if they want, right? Yeah. So then it, the, the, the complexion then mm. changes to, does the selling club really just stick out and say, we are not selling at any price, go fuck yourselves, right? Or or does the player say, I actually don't want to go there, I want to go somewhere else. That's the only the only choice that, 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 that it boils down to, right? And I think in most instances, stick enough money on the table and a player will go anywhere. It's a business. I'm using an NFL stand. It's, it's, it's a business. Ultimately, it's a business, right? Football's a business. We as fans, it's not a business. It's something that we support. It's something we follow and something we've got emotions attached to it. But for players, it's a business. Um, so I, I just think when it, when it boils down to it, there's always an arms race. What was what we were taking solace in was the fact that our arms race had one major superpower two manageable superpowers and then us that was sort of in the middle of being we need us we need a funky model to go and challenge these but we've just got to the point where our model is just about good enough to keep us in that funky place to allow us to challenge these right you throw in another super superpower like city and it suddenly becomes twice as difficult because it's, it's tough enough to beat one to beat two is fucking next to near impossible and and the best example I can give to you which is slightly different but it is the two biggest spenders in Germany are D- Dortmund and Bayern Munich right 
Leipzig have tried to crash the party in terms of that. It's, it's a much smaller scale. But for the last 20 years, it's basically been Munich and Dortmund. And if we have two of the biggest wealth funds owning clubs in England, the likelihood is that those two lads will be challenging year after year. And you might get a toward run somewhere along the line because there's always going to be freak years. The Leicester year is an example of it. We've seen Blackburn and stuff that, that crash the party every now and then. So in reality, we'll be hoping to be that team that crashes the party as Arsenal had been for the best part of 10 years under Wenger's second half of his of his time in, in Arsenal. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were hoping to crash the party with their model um, for those down years and they always missed out. Like Arsenal should have really won the league the year Leicester won the league. Let's be straight about this. That was their last chance for Wenger to win the league. So... I, like everyone's saying they're planning to spend 290 billion no one of us have a fucking breeze because this is all story talk this is all newspaper talk right yeah I, the, the proof the proof will be in January if they do yeah. go but you see I could see them spending quite a lot of money on I don't think top end players I think players that they'll bring in that they look to ultimately have a squad players but enough to keep them in the league so Tarkowski makes sense Jesse Lingard for argument's sake makes sense big impact at West Ham last year when they were struggling a little bit um, came in and was and was brilliant for them and, and he's gone back to United and he doesn't really get a look in and Lingard was brilliant for West Ham like it was ridiculous how good he was but I think they'll bring in players like that to really go look we're going to strengthen four or five in this squad with young players they have like they brought in Joe Willock um, you know they've, they've some good players there I just think they've an no, awful, I, I've, awful, I've, I've awful manager you've no, no clue what's going on but what I'm saying is that like they, you're they, naming they, names there for characters of Emmerdale <laughs> Joe Willock Emmerdale yeah yeah he's yeah. gone uh, yeah he's like, down, but, Oh, Paddy and Mandy making a dog <laughs> Paddy or something. And Mandy, yeah, yeah, Kane Dingle. Look at the cows. Made for Kane Dingle. But, <laughs> Kane the Dingle. Thing is, like, but the thing is, he, they, they bring in these players, it keeps them in the league, and then they look to go, right, now, on top of the five we brought in, we're going to bring in really, you know, another level up, we're going to bring in three or four. And then we're going to... I, I kind of get the, the gradual thing, but the gradual thing will be, it won't be kind of, we'll bring in this squad and we'll build it and we'll, we want to go from 16th to 12th to to tend to the, it's going to be a gradual thing within the squad where they're just going to try to explode then you know what I mean um but it, it's look it's interesting though. I wanted to, I want to know what you you felt because I know you're you're mad into the the franchises and the money involved and, and how I just thinking I, 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 look I think it just to fix football now we need to get rid of domestic leagues we need to get rid of international football and we need to look at a system be it controlled by UEFA or controlled by the clubs that just changes fundamentally how football is played. And it's not what people want to hear. It's not what people want to buy into. But no matter what we do, that's what you're going to end up getting. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline in some shape or form. The idea of the European... I, I'll go back to... I, I, I was going to say, do you think that's back on the table now, especially with the big clubs looking like the, the, the traditional big six as they, were, as, as they were when, you know, the, the ESL came around the last time and went mm-hmm. into it and pulled out? Do you reckon they're all looking at that going, we're definitely pushing this again because that's their leveller? I think the only way that this happens is if your man Nasser Al-Khalifa feels threatened by the Saudis turning up at Newcastle and they decide to look at 
what the new proposed UEFA Champions League is going to be, right? Mm-hmm. They'll have a token nod to entrance on merit, right? But a heavier focus on ensuring that the top named branded clubs are in there, which means that he can retain the support of the Liverpools, the Bayern Munichs, the Ajaxes, that type of stuff where it's culture clubs. Right? <laughs> I can't think of a different, but they're culture clubs as opposed to money clubs. There's, there's mm-hmm. two sets of there's two sets of football in this world now, right? There's, there's the money clubs, which is about five or six clubs that, that exist in the world. And then there's the culture clubs who've been there until this point. But this is the change in the guards. This is ultimately what goes on. So for what football looks like in 10 to 15 years means that we end up with a load of money clubs. And we don't know who these clubs are at the moment. Right. But this was all, uh, my biggest fear when this was, this was mentioned was that this will get the okay, that this Saudi Arabia takeover will get the okay. And, um, I was delighted when I was put off, but this really just sort of for me, it, I'm, I'm struggling to care. Well, this Red point. Steve misheard you there and he thought that Mia Khalifa was under threat from the Saudis. Um, it turns out now it's, it's Prince, um, Khalif or whatever his name is. Barry London <laughs> says 100% of the top teams will drive the Super League in the next two seasons. I think they might, I think they might look at this and go, you know what, to negate that sort of wealth and, um, gay crash. Because let's be honest with you, let's be honest. Those six clubs like being the big six clubs. And all right, they might have issues with each other about you're spending this and you're spending that, but they're all in a little pack together. That's how it works. You know what I mean? They they ring fence that for themselves and they go, right, well, listen, we might have internal arguments amongst ourselves, but the six were still in it. And we, you know, they all sit around and talk to each other. They're all in contact with each other. Don't think that they're not. But I think with mm-hmm. the Super League, they will look and go, well, hold on. We, we're going to go for this again because it's 350 million quid a year guaranteed in their pocket every single year, which means that that negates anybody coming in with any sort of fund and saying, we can spend X amount because they now know that even if Newcastle go and challenge for the league and get into an ESL on merit, as they say, they're still turning around going, yeah, but we're getting 350 million quid a year. Now, I'm not, I'm not for it. I'm going to be open with you. I think it degrades league football. And I, I think the thought of like, you you think you should do away with domestic football? I'm I'm completely and utterly against against that a hundred percent. Um, I, I you know the thoughts of watching Liverpool at the weekend and, and league games is is what it's all about for me. Love the European stuff. Love love. I don't like the FA Cup. Not a big fan. I look quite like the league cup for the certain players to play in it. But the league the league stuff is um is massive and you know. But I think the 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 thing of people losing interest in football, I think, is huge. Um. But look, it's it's we'll have a conversation about this in a couple of months' time, I suppose, when the when the January transfer window ends and we see exactly what they do. Um, Kevin sort yeah. made a point about this particular owner; he'd walk away if if he took over at Liverpool. And I, I understand his point because he's a man of my age, so <clears throat> you probably get a bit more principled and say, "No, I can't support somebody like that." Right? Um, but I like if the head of the mafia took over Liverpool tomorrow, or Kim Jong Un came in, took over Liverpool tomorrow, and put a trillion into Liverpool, like. 90% of fans wouldn't give a shit. And, and I hate saying this, right? In, in reality, as much as we like to take principled opinions and, and principled views about very, various different things, if it doesn't impact your day-to-day existence, it becomes a notional thing, right? And if you are a fan of a club and you walk away, as soon as that team starts to win 100 nil in matches and it looks like they're going to win trophies, there's always going to be a part of you that pulls it back because you're going to, you're going to basically separate, mentally you're going to separate the view that, well, that's your man's terrible, he's an owner and everything like this, but this is Liverpool and it's been run by 
Tommy and Jim and um, Billy Edwards and all the lads from from over there, and they're actually not the same as this. He's like the money. The money has to go somewhere, and it's actually the companies that are getting in. You get what what goes on there. So, like, you know, if if the mafia want to come in and take over Liverpool, I'm all for it. We get cheaper jerseys. I I don't know how I feel about it. I'm being honest with you, but I think it's coming. Because I think yeah. the certain steps that you have within a club, and we've gone on about this now for 35 minutes, but it's a good conversation, right? But the thing is, you're at a certain stage with a club. So Newcastle are at a stage. Now, they've gone from level one to fucking level 10 in, in one swoop. Mike Ashley was just appalling. And any Newcastle. And um, we had um, <laughs> Kendall, the, the Newcastle fan, on one of the shows last week. She spoke brilliantly about it, about how Newcastle fans felt how just Kendall? getting rid of it wasn't Howard Kendall. Um, it was a female, and her name was Kendall. Amazing, uh, Kendall Rowan. Um, but she's a Newcastle fan. She spoke really well about it. And it, and the biggest thing for her, like, don't get me wrong, she wasn't she wasn't denying that, that the money is unbelievable and it's great. But the biggest thing for her was just getting rid of Mike Ashley, you know, because so they've gone from level one to level ten. But when you see the likes of say for say for him's sake, a Leicester City, because they're always a good example. Leicester have gone from you know a bit of a yo-yo club to a really good owner. Um, really good family um, that own them that invest but they, they're they probably at level 3 or 4 and they, they could probably go to a level 7 or 8 and then go to a level 10 which is like ownership which is fucking mental Liverpool for me are at that stage where they're worth that amount of money they're not an investment anymore nobody's going to come into Liverpool and go you know what 2.5 billion quid is a brilliant investment because I feel I can make more it's not like that 2.5 they're going to come in and go you're, you're literally going to end up with somebody that just has fucking shit loads of money the fella that used to own Amazon whatever his name is right and going uh, I'm coming in here and I'm putting the money in because I want to be seen as the face of Liverpool I want to be seen as the owner and they'll pay that sort of money to be given that title and Liverpool are at that level where you know like or dislike FSG Liverpool are probably at a level 8 owner to go to a, we can only go 9 or 10 and 9 or 10 means literally what's happened to Newcastle United or somebody that's an individual that has just mega wealth that they go, I'm paying all that money, I'm going to put the same amount in over the next five to ten years and I'm going to make them as best as I can, but I'm not getting a return on that investment. It's simple as that. But it's it's a, it's a, it's interesting, I think, for Liverpool and United for me um, and we'll see what happens over the next while. I did tell I, Andy... I, um, I, and still tell, think, I still think I'll, get the mafia in. Get the mafia in. Get <laughs> the mafia in, right? Okay. <laughs> get the lads in from Sicily to take over Liverpool, right? That'd right. Be, okay. We, we won't know where the money's coming from. That means yeah. that we're completely right. It's just it's 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 a nod and a wink. The everyone in Liverpool will be on board because they'd be anti-establishment, right? We'd have our own um our own set of rules. It'd be governed and managed itself internally. It's sort of a bit like socialism. So just get the mafia in. That's what I say. Give give um give Tony Soprano a buzz. Okay, the, the character now. Obviously not the the actor because that would be again hard. Be, okay, yeah. yeah let's like not go there. But her, Phil's Carl 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 is bringing the mafia. Um, so mafia. there you go. Um, <laughs> sort it out. Won't need, need, well, need, well, need to worry about salary caps. Uh, might need to worry about players' kneecaps. That okay. would be that be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, I don't know if the mafia is going to work. I'm being honest with you. Um, I know it's a big shout to say that, but I don't think it's going to work. Um. Sure. Let me see. Uh, let me see. Barry says, you're a windy yuppie tyrant. That's what he called you. Um, but anyway, and Polly Walnuts is in the chat. And he says he's going to get straight on it. He's going to get straight on it. So there you go. Uh, so there you go. So, no, Don look, Corleone, if you're listening. Yeah. Give us a bell. DM us. Yeah. Um, I have a DM number. I've, I've been on John Henry's yacht. So if you want to, if you need the phone, I can get you. 
of his text number phone here. Okay, right. Um, so yeah. we're going to open this up, the next subject, because we're going way too far on that, so we might have to cut down the subjects. But <laughs> Phil, me and Phil have an argument probably every three to four weeks about the worst football signings um, ever, right? It usually <laughs> comes down, it usually starts with Phil saying Naby Kate is the worst li- signing Liverpool have made, right? Ever. And I go, no, I don't agree with you. And we go, I, I did, I did change my tune. I did change my tune. I, I did accept um, for seven minutes that Kate wasn't the worst signing we've ever made. And then you went back to your original feeling on it. Ah, it's, right? just a, it's, it's, it's what it is. Okay, so we're opening up to the chat. We want to know not only Liverpool based. Um, we're going no, to start I don't. I don't go Liverpool based. I want to have a chat about the Liverpool one. I want to have a chat about the Liverpool one and where we are. People in the chat can tell us what they feel is the is the some of the worst signings in in history. Now it doesn't have to be Liverpool, right? It no. can be anybody. It can be we a fella that signed for fifty million for somebody, and they're just terrible, right? Um, yeah. all of us straight in Juff. Um, Lazar Markovic, um, Aquilani, right? They're all Liverpool ones, right? And me and Phil will talk about them. If, if nobody's want... if nobody's bringing up Paul Stewart, I'm going to be very disappointed because he, yeah. he was he was he was to change the, the town. Yeah, but it has it did, has come out it has come out in recent times. Been for years. Paul Stewart, um, in all seriousness, suffered horrifically with his mental health while playing football, and um, due to things that happened to him through his life. Right, I'm not going to go in deeply into it, but um. Yeah. Sanchez United says Chris M. Um, it doesn't look that great is... at the moment. It it doesn't look great. Um, Sam Tandy says continue to Barca for the price he cost. Um, John Fernando says George Way's cousin isn't that the fella that turned up at Southampton? Someone Junes <laughs> wasn't it? And the fella couldn't kick snow over. Christoph Ray. Christoph Ray. Christoph Ray. That was his name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. No. It was yeah. It was. No. Was that not? Was Ray not the fella that played for Arsenal? No, he turned up and he, he ran on and they gave him a game. And soon as said he looked grand in training. I think he turned up on a Wednesday and they had an FA Cup match on the Saturday and it was on, it was live on BBC Sport. And I was like, this is George, George Uwea's cousin and he's coming on. And I think the first like, couple of touches, he looked amazing. I think if anybody goes back, he actually looks, he does like do a few tricks and everything. So like, whoa. And Ali Dia, Ali Dia, that's it. Ali Dia, yeah. I knew yeah. it wasn't Christopher Ray. Christopher Ray played for Arsenal. I would say he's brutal as well. He's up there. Oh, Alex, like sorry, I read that wrong. Alexi Sanchez to United was an I was a fucking horrendous signing, and and the big thing about that was is that um, didn't they claim? Didn't they claim they got him for free? Yeah, because they done a deal with Mkhitaryan at the same time. It was an appalling signing. Um, Who there was a fellow signed for Real Betis. Now this is one for for the chat, right? Hazard yeah. for a hundred million. He was on four hundred grand a week. That's obviously the Real Madrid. A Brazilian signed for Real Betis. Oh, the Nielsen. The Nielsen. Absolute melodian. The Nielsen was, um, wasn't he, didn't he go into the 98 World Cup as literally he's going to be the be- next best player in the world? Because um, yeah. at the time, Ronaldo was just ridiculously good. And in that World Cup, obviously Ronaldo breaks down and, and um, they get beaten in the final. But the Nielsen, I think you're talking about, um, went into yeah. went into Betis. Um, what? It might have been a, some sort of record signing when he went to bed. He was the, he was the world because do you know why? Because he also took he took the crown off another absolute terrible signing. But if anyone now this is going back into the nineties, so some of you I like going back to Some of you be too young, tremendous. But I remember that the first time I recognised the most expensive player in the year uh, in the world was when AC Milan signed Gianluigi Lentini, and he was he was like basically he was Aquilani's dad. Right, that's the best way to describe him. <laughs> <He's> 
Right. He was Aquilani crossed with Lazar Markovic, right? And he, he signed for like, I think it might have been 15 million and it was the world record signing at that stage, right? Um, and I think that he had a massive car accident uh, celebrating it, right? Uh, going from Genoa. He was, it, was, it was a Torino player and he was he had a, a massive car accident. It was nearly decapitated, I think it was. It was a really serious car accident. He thought he might never play football again. He turns up at AC Milan and he is dog shite. Terrible. Terrible, terrible. It just, it just always sticks out. I remember watching Gazette Football Italia and they were like, and here's Gianluigi Lentini, the best player, the most expensive player in the world. You look at it going, and even then, I was looking at it going, Is this a wind up? Is, yeah, was, yeah. Like, Graham Sionis has signed better for Liverpool. Like, do you know what I mean? How much would they give us for Mark Walters? Norman is going back, to, reading back the years here. He says, Gary Bertels, um, Forest to United. Do you know one uh, Liverpool, like, I still think Andy Carroll is pound for pound the worst sign we've ever made, right? But uh, Stuart Downing is. He spent know, over twenty million on Downing. Yeah, but Downing Downing's a show. But I, I tell you one that really fucking annoyed me, really annoyed me. And do you know why it annoyed me? Because it was around the period of, and it was probably the birth of this last piece of the jigsaw stuff that used to go on at Liverpool. Yes, and it was Nigel Clough, right? Because mm. Nigel Clough signed for Liverpool in ninety, I think it was the summer of ninety three, right? Now Nigel Clough was a good player. Right, good player of the forest, um, played under his, his, his dad. And, um, you know, they had the likes of him, they had Ian Wong, they had, um, Sheringham was around at the time. They did a good side, and he was a good player, he was an intelligent footballer. But it was all, you know, all Clough coming in, and, and he was fucking desperate. And just watching him play. Now, he scores two against United at Anfield in that three all drive, you remember, but, um, Nigel Clough was the one that so fucking annoyed me. It so annoyed me because it was like, and maybe it was a bit unfair on him, you know, to pin all these hopes on him, but I was looking going, he's a good player, but don't give me this last piece of the jigsaw stuff. Um, Harry Keel gets a shout Liverpool with it as well. I, I, I want to dis- dispute, dispute a couple of days. The Harry Keel one is, uh, I think, is ridiculous. I think he cost us £5 million at the time and it wasn't even massive money in terms of what he was doing, right? Um, and we get to a Champions League final with Harry Keel. Whether you like it or not, that's what we got. And we win the Champions League with Harry Keel on the side. He starts yeah. in, in, in yeah. things. So he's going to go back as, as a Champions League winner and had a, a big impact. Um, Carius. Carius cost us like four and a half million. Yeah, if Carius I told was, you that, that Carius was a four and a half million goalkeeper nowadays, you'd agree with me and say, yeah, he's a four and a half million goalkeeper. Like, You know yeah. what I mean? That, that, you, we got exactly what we signed. Oh. What I'm talking about... Free Wolves says the famous Dutch player who played for Chelsea never got a game. Can't remember the name. Made a fortune. Is that um, the fullback? Do you remember? He just didn't play. He just sat there because he had a huge contract. No, Winston Bogart played four games at least. I remember seeing Bogart. Winston, play I'm, I'm, no, I'm trying to work out. Is that who Free Wolves talking about? I think. No, I think Bogart. I think he's talking about the other guy. Um, they sent him on loan. He was a midfielder. Um, Mario something. He he was a he was a Dutch international. Um. Oh. I can't remember, but I, I remember. I know who they're talking about. I, I, know, I can see the player. Very yeah, he, Mario van Mario van Ginkel. Oh, him? van Ginkel. Yeah, yeah. He was. Where does he now? I, I, uh, I think he went Chelsea. to Stoke on loan. Chelsea he can't be still with Chelsea. <laughs> he can't be. Um. <laughs> Uh, Ola Kunle 007 says uh, Winston Bogart to Chelsea four games 50 grand a year for five years <laughs> yeah, Marco Marin Marco Marin's a great show he was he was flying in, in Germany came over did nothing um, Chelsea have Chelsea have spent a lot of money but the one thing I'll yeah. say about Chelsea is they've made they it make back the and, money and, back yeah uh, yeah. and going back to the to previous conversation they've actually worked in a certain way now where despite what they're spending they're actually self-sufficient now 
um, whatever we <laughs> because but, no, but what I'm saying is they they brought in oh, a certain amount of player and they've, they've sold so, so many. It's, somebody it's, mentioned there that they might get in trouble this for but uh, that yeah, that that could be a fair shout there from Jeremiah B. Don't stick that one up on screen. Uh, <laughs> I'll go and look at it. <laughs> right. The, the oh, yeah. Okay. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing yeah, that. Yeah. Shevchenko. Ryan's with Shevchenko to Chelsea. Anyone. Yeah. Shevchenko to Chelsea was mad. But they've yeah. done a few mad ones. Torres. Remember, they signed Torres. They spent, look, the amount, he wins the European Cup, though. Yeah, he does win a European Cup. Remember the Kesman? Somebody mentioned it earlier. Kesman, yeah. Kesman for a billion de euros mm. off, off uh, Atletico. Yeah. He was geek. Rubinho um, has to be up there. Rubinho has to be up there for Real Madrid. He was absolutely dort. Yeah, but but, but but Rubinho, Rubinho to City has to be up there. Rubinho never mind, does never change, mind the Real Madrid thing. So that linking back to what we're talking Rubinho does change the tone for City in terms of being able to attract players from there. Once they get yeah, the force one in. Yeah. Like he was he was so at the willing end. to take the hit on him because they, they, he attracts others. Yeah. Harry Maguire for 80 million is 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 a very fair show. He is fucking garbage. He's yeah, absolutely you know, the cars now are, are giving out because Harry Maguire is injured, and it looks like um, the other guy that's really overrated, the fella at the back, what's his name, the French fella? I'm a van. Varani, Varan, Varani, Varan. Yeah, him. Um, yeah, it looks like he's injured. Um, we don't know how bad it is, but reports saying he, he could need a, an operation, abductor muscle problem, or something like that. So, and um, they're giving out. They're giving out to. Um, they're. Um, Dicko to LFC, not air Dicko. Um, he hasn't signed for LFC, but um, uh, I presume you mean Dix, Julian Dix. No, what we're looking for is we're not looking for players that were awful because we could just list them, like you know, um, yeah. you know, no, we're uh, talking, Conchesky, uh, you know, we're talking about big money players that come in with massive potential or massive. Do you know? You know do you know? You know huge got, hopes for them, and it didn't happen. I'm gonna throw one out that I'm surprised now. Uh, people forget about, and the, the only reason it's, it's forgotten about, Di Maria to United. Awful. Awful, but I think I think uh, some of these you kind of have to look at who was managing them as well, because Sancho. Mm. I think I read it out wrong earlier, but Sancho's an interesting one. Sancho is really really good, and he's just he's in he's literally in a club that has a manager that picks the same eleven whenever he can, doesn't move away from that, and just looks to put them on the pitch and hope that something happens. And I think Sancho is suffering for that, and I think Di Maria did at the time under Van Hal. Mm. I think it was he suffered, but it was an awful year for him. To be fair, Laura Duffy's show Griezmann to Bar- Barca. And those transfers, those the, the billions, Ousmane Dembele to Barca, Griezmann to Barca, Coutinho to Barca. They signed a load of fullbacks at one stage and they were just playing their own kid, a, a, a fullback. Sort of from about 2017 onwards, most Barcelona signings have been absolutely poison. Um, and they've ended up being almost ba- bankrupt. Well, that's where they are now. They're for, they're, 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 I think they're about to post 450 million quid loss for the last year. Um, Zed Malik um, turns around his head and he says, Chelsea flogging De Bruyne. Of course, they do. They sell, um, they sell Mo Salah as well. I um, suppose. D- is there, D- any, is there anyone's out there that you can remember where you go? Jesus, they sold him. He turned out deadly. Varane is getting a, a mention as well. Yeah, Varane, Varane needs to be mentioned because he was, to, he was to be a combination of a Roy Keane and a playmaking midfielder all rolled into one. And, and he was there. And he just couldn't get to, get to the pace. He was brilliant in Europe for them, but was absolutely poisoned in, in, in the Premier League. Just didn't like being kicked. Right. Kepa. Uh, Kepa for 72 million is a fair show. Like they're huge numbers. Yeah, it's a massive <laughs> number. That's this is a great one. Julian Drax at the PSG. That's a great one. Yeah, because I, I I forgot he even played for PSG. Is he still there? No, he's at. Wasn't he at Palace for a while? 
No, no, that's not him. Julian Chilo? Draxler. No, this is the German Draxler fella. Who are you thinking of? Julian Draxler at Crystal Palace. No. Oh, no. Max Meyer. Yeah, you're thinking of Max Meyer, yeah. Yeah, this, and, he's not there anymore. But Draxler is Draxler is a is a is a great one. Um didn't didn't Klopp sign um the Italian fella, fucking poison. He played centre played centre forward in the middle of um the European Championships this year and he's gick and he was gick then and he was gick. Immobile, is it? Immobile, yeah. The, 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 never has a better name for a player being being given than him. In fact, Immobile gets Klopp sacked from Borussia Dortmund, even though he wasn't yeah. sacked, but like it, it ends the, the time. Um so yeah, Immobile is he's absolutely terrible centre for classic Italian centre for the Inzaghi one, where they just don't like he, he's he's around the six yard box. The ball is pinging off him, and he had, throws a leg out and he scores goals, but can't play football for anyone else. Yeah. Bit, no, Inzaghi actually, was the master. Right? Werner, Timo Werner will be another example of that a fella who just can't adapt. To what's going on? Ian Rush to Juventus is one of the worst signings of all time. Yeah, yeah. Solo Travelers is crack at the Real Madrid didn't work. Yeah, Michael Owen to Real Madrid. Although he scores goals, and um, he just he just never he never fitted in there. He was never gone. But Michael Owen to Newcastle United is actually one of the worst. Yeah, he scores. He actually scores goals. I don't know if he keeps them up, but he does quite well with them. But again, that's another way you go. What the Pepe fuck? to Arsenal. 72. Yeah, that's mad. Seventy-two million. I don't think you should, if, if if someone's quoted a price of seventy-two million, don't spend it because it's it's going to end up being a, a seventy-two a is the number where you go. Yeah. This isn't right. This uh, is definitely. Your man that played for the Hamptons puzzle. How much did he cost? 72 yeah. million. No, Underachievers. Uh, Kevo Sullivan jumps in with an underachiever in Letizia, who was linked to Spurs every single season um, for about five or six years, and it never happened. Um, Mario Gota to Bayern Munich. Didn't work. Didn't work out Woodgate to Real Madrid is, 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 is a bit harsh because the fella was so injury-prone by the time he went, but he was an absolute quality centre-back. I remember Everyone I've about. ever listened to um, talk about Jonathan Woodgate said he was unfucking believable and the injuries killed him a bit like Ledley King but uh, like I watch a lot of um, you know Woodgate was Van Dyke Woodgate was Van Dyke but he was so good he, he was, was so good, good because uh, like I watch a lot of golf and golf YouTube stuff and you know um, like the tubes off Sky has his own YouTube thing now it's brilliant he has all these if current and former players playing golf for him and he get to talking and, and Woodgate seems to come up an awful lot A because he was brilliant around the squad. He was brilliant for um for players, young young players as well. But he was so fucking good. Everyone talked about him so good. There was a story about him. Um, they were at Spores. I'm trying to think who he was interviewing. And basically, Woodgate was at the centre of everything. But he, he got talking about, um, it might have been Jamie O'Hara actually. And he got talking about Woodgate and he goes, you just don't understand how good this fellow was at football. Mm. He was fucking so good. Um, but obviously the injuries killed him. He did, um, Fernando Chia says he did, <laughs> he did, uh, didn't he score an own goal? I think it might have been one own goal that got sent off in the drama of debut. I remember that. But yeah. um, he was, he was so good. Um, thing, but underachievers as well as a good one. Um, Joe Felix to Atleti. Uh, he started off really well. Million. Being linked with Liverpool, actually. Um, this yep. week. Um, there's been much um, around him. Haven't Ox seen for 40 million is, is a fair shout as well. Ox, yeah. I, I think I don't think it's worked. I think that injury he gets against Roma mm. um, and Anfield, it just kills him. Absolutely kills him. And I think I, I think the squad's evolved past him now. Whereas he could have been somebody that was part of the evolution of the squad. We have, we have, like, Morris Lynham says Marco Branca to Middlesbrough. You could actually do a whole programme just on Middlesbrough signings. Oh, yeah. Um, do you remember? Under Ravinelli, Emerson. 
Yeah. Um, they, they, were, they were the good ones, but there were so many bad ones. Like they were oh, yeah. Well, who was the fella up front, the ball fella? Remember the, remember the gargoyle they signed off Bolton to play centre-back? Weezer. Weaver. He was meant to be... Yeah. Weaver, yeah. Yeah, 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 it was me- it was meant to be like the next big thing as a centre back. He basically was a guard. They pulled him down off the side of a cathedral, and he just stood there, and people ran around him all the time. Ravinelli, they signed Ravinelli. He was absolutely appalling. Um, I know Ravinelli had a brilliant, brilliant four season. Maybe yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, no, Ravinelli scorch. Ravinelli, no, it was, it was a body fella. He went, he went down. Yeah, the body fella up front, macaroni. Macaroni, that's, that's the one. Great show, by yeah. Um, yeah. And then didn't he sign some fella that scored like? 86 goals in one season in um, Brazilian fella Holland. Alfonso Alfonso Alves Alfonso Alves yeah that yeah. was um, not, yeah. there was no it's not Alfonso it was Afonso Alves Afonso like, Alves did. Mangala to City That's Bentner to Juventus is a great shout as well <laughs> um, there's some there's some mad ones that you just kind of go but but you're right the Middlesbrough one I'll say if you if you've clicked on like uh, liverpoolhistory.net is deadly for everything Liverpool related but if there's a middlesbroughhistory.net that you went on to and just lashed in transfers between say 92 and 99 um, the list you'd have would be unfucking believable yeah. um, Afonso Alves Heron Vane yeah, right. yep, he scored shitloads um, Bosnich to United that was Dr- the thing Danny, that, Danny Drinkwater sp- Chelsea spent a lot of money on him to play one FA Cup match yeah, and he's in. Um, I think I think he's on loan at Reading. Hmm. I seen the other day. He's on loan at Reading. Um, ben Brown says a Wobie to Everton, forty million. Nah, not having it. Rodrigo um, to Real Madrid, fifty million. James Rodriguez um, to Everton is one of the funniest ones I've I've ever come across. And the reason being, <laughs> I, I think he's a good player, right? But he's living off. I think it was the two thousand fourteen World Cup where he scored a goal, right? And he's been at Real Madrid. I think he's been alone at Bayern Munich. Um, I don't even know who Everton got him off because I can't remember who he was playing for. It might have been Real Madrid, right? And mm-hmm. he goes there on what's meant to be, I think, like a two-year loan, but he's going to, or a one-year loan and he signs or whatever it might be. Or he, or he got him for free. I'm not too sure. But literally, he turns up, he does a few good things. He does no sprints in the first five games he plays for Everton. None, right? Um, they're all going on. They're like, can't wait to see him. He never plays in front of a crowd for Everton. Ever and then heads off to the Middle East. And I'm like, like that's a fella that came in and Everton are drooling over. And the big claim, of course, at the time, if you remember, was he's shown up and he has more Instagram followers than Liverpool Football Club. And that was the claim mm. on James Rodriguez, um, which was unbelievable. Gravison was wonderful. Madrid, um, it, was, it was brilliant. Uh, free World Rodriguez, actually, Rodriguez going to Everton is one of the best things ever, just for the story as to why he wasn't going to play for Everton again, ever again. And I'll, I'll allow people. Oh, to no, no, we're Everton. not going into that either. I'm not. I'm not. But I'm just saying. Yeah, that alone um, is, is was the greatest. Was the greatest reason. Mendieta goes to Middlesbrough. Um, I loved Emerson, Janino, um, Ravinelli. Mendieta, Middlesbrough is just it, that's just it, it's a it's a, it was it's deadly. A, what was your, what was the owner's name? Um, oh, what was his name? He was he was like he was a guy from Middlesbrough. He, Steve you know, Gibson. Gibson, that's him. Yeah, yeah, that's him. And um, he was just in fairness to him, he. Put his fucking money where his mouth was. Now they go down. I remember them being relegated. I think it was the last day of the season away at Leeds. And I don't know whether they get bashed or they might win the game and still go down. I can't remember the details, but I was like, look at the players on the pitch. And like they were flying forward trying to score. And you'd, you'd all these players are going, how the fuck are they? They got the two cup finals, didn't they? The same year. Um, <laughs> League Cup finals. Beat by Chelsea, cup, I think, in the, in the FA Cup final. I think they might get. Do you I remember can't the remember bra- <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember him, bro? 
<laughs> this is just about Middlesbrough now. We're just going to have to crack about Middlesbrough for ages. Didn't, didn't they bring Terry Venables in to help Brian Robson manage? Oh, yeah, yeah. They, 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 turned around, they turned around to Brian Robson one day and went, listen, it doesn't look like you're having a great time. We have a fella that can help. And they just brought Venables in and went, he's just an advisor, but he was actually standing on the side of the pitch <laughs> managing, right? Well, Brian Robson stood there pretending to be the manager, but not having any input. It was fucking brilliant. Uh, it was so good. Actually, oh, we need Middlesbrough so back. Can, can can the Saudis uh, take over Middlesbrough at the same time? Cracked. They were the crack they were. Um, but they were just bonkers. They were just fucking bonkers. And then when oh. you look at some of the, the, the map players coming in the league for Bolton, like uh, Jorkayev and JJ Akotje, Ivan yep. Campo comes in there. They were great um, signings though for, for Bolton. They were. They were brilliant. And like Allardyce was managing them. And do you remember, do you remember the time when um, Allardyce was meant to be like this um, visionary where he used to say, right, I'm going to get me a player to stand in an offside position. And when the free kick is taken, he's going to stay in the offside position, but we're not going to hit the ball near him. And then we're going to play the second ball and hope he picks it up. And people are like, mm. wow. And he was the first one to be wearing an earpiece on the sideline or up in the stand. And he was talking. It was mad stuff. The Premier League, like we talk about being taken over by sovereign states and all that, but honest to God, the, the 90s in the Premier League was fucking outstanding for some of the st- stuff that went on. It was unbelievable. But um, I'd yeah, like to, uh, imagine, imagine, imagine nowadays. Imagine <laughs> ringing up and saying, "Here, Jorgen, you're not having a great time." Imagine, at start, yeah. imagine in January. Yeah. Look, yeah. you're not having a great time there doing the managing. So we're just getting a lend of a fella for a couple of yeah. weeks, just to help you out, yeah. just to get yeah. you through this rough patch. You're still yeah. the manager. Fabio Capello was on holiday in yeah. Southport and said he's going to come down and give you a dig out. That's what. That's that's literally what happened. Is he it picking was, the team? No, no, no. But he can have an input into maybe the team that you might want to pick at the weekend, right? Yeah, no, like it was literally if you go back and if I'm sure if you Googled it, you'd get like you get a news report and some clips, but it was literally Venables is coming in to help Robson. He's not mm-hmm. a manager, he's just a, he's a, he's helping him. And then Venables was on the sideline shouting at all the players, and Robson was just standing in the dugout. It was fucking mad. I, re- I, rem- I remember this. I remember I remember so watching the television going, it this was is so insane. Good. It was it's so insane. Kevin Ball says the Monaco DM that Chelsea bought, uh, Bakayoko, isn't he? AC Milan, wasn't that his yeah, name? Yeah, Bakayoko. Yeah. Um, but just on that, um, some mad signings. So Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, he was originally owned by AC Milan and was sold to Saint-Étienne for next to nothing. And look what he goes on to do across yeah. Dortmund and, and Arsenal, which was yeah. which is the thing in terms of players that they missed. De Bruyne and Chelsea have a great habit of, of missing out on these top class players as well. Like look at De Bruyne and Salah, what they've gone on to, to, to do yeah. as well. Um, and, but like, yeah, like there's just so much. Chelsea will give you, Chelsea will give you lots of to talk. Like they must have spent at least 500 million on absolute flops, right? Um, we can't afford to do it, but yeah, Polly one was we're going to say that's the difference. We basically did the exact same thing with Julian Evans, except we announced that they were co-managers. Yeah, the difference with the yeah. Middlesbrough one was they pretended that Robson was still the manager. <laughs> just pretended that Venables <laughs> was like just <laughs> just helping. It was like he was passing and just dropped in to see a friend. That's what it was like. Uh, the Emerson lad at Borough who looked like the lead singer of Sexual Chocolate from Coming to America. <laughs> Emerson was fucking deadly. He was so good on his day. He was so good. Jeremiah says uh, Bruce at the Sheffield United for 25 million. Yeah, it's not going well for him there at all. Um, but, uh, some great ones Where, there. Jesus. 
But what's left on their agenda? Because I could, I could talk about Middlesbrough all night. Oh, I, I don't. Do, I, I was going to do international football and how we fix it, but I'm not arsed now because I could just. You can't, I, you can't I, fix international football. It's been. It, it, it's it's over. Pull the plug. FIFA yeah. won't allow you to. But the sooner FIFA come up with a with a competition that they can get all the club cool players in instead of international teams, the sooner we can just park international football and never have to deal with it ever again. I know this. The people won't like this because the World Cups now are great, and I love the World Cups when they meant something. But international football is just a distraction and nobody wants if when you've got Thibaut Courtois coming out and saying this is ridiculous and he's playing like UEFA and FIFA have no interest. Like we're playing Watford on Saturday. whatever day it is, Saturday. And Brazil Brazil we're playing Watford basically ten minutes after Brazil finished their match. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't think we can get them back in time. And we're not allowed to get them back in time. And the the the, the league wouldn't let us move the match because But this is an ongoing time. thing between Premier League clubs and Brazil. Where you know they wanted them banned. Remember, they wanted them banned because they couldn't travel the last time, and then and then they ended up playing. And now it's just kind of well, we're playing now on fucking Friday. Fuck you. You know, it's it's an ongoing thing where it'll be it'll be tiff for time. Kevin Balls is the Haller guy was shy for West Ham, and he cost forty million quid. There was another one there. Oh, I'll tell you what, the one that missed out, and his name comes up there. Um, Escapado says Lewandowski was bought for two million, and wasn't Lewandowski on the verge of signing for Blackburn? Yeah. And the fucking cloud from the volcano stopped it. Yeah. And I think Allardyce might have been in charge at, at Blackburn at the time. I'm, I'm near, someone, someone will, it will clear it off me, but I'm nearly, nearly sure that Lewandowski was meant to be going um, to Blackburn. And the, geez, that must be some amount of years ago. That mm-hmm. ash cloud. We're talking 10 years ago now, are we? It's still hanging around. It is. Yeah, but it it's is, yeah. LFC Aaron says, What did you make of the offside goal last night? Um, this is of course Mbappe's goal. Did you see it, Phil? Um, honestly, mm-hmm. no. I wouldn't watch. You couldn't fucking pay me to watch uh, international football outside yeah. of a major tournament, right? Yeah. Honestly, I was watching the NFL. Was the, at the weekend the, between the college football on Saturday and the NFL on Sunday. You won't get better sports all weekend long. Like the, when you have the Red River Derby between Texas and Oklahoma, and it goes down to the, the last play of the game, and it's outrageous. You've got Alabama getting beaten by Texas A&M. Not people, but most people don't know what's going on. Um, and then you've got just crazy games going on between the Chargers last night and, and the Browns. I don't have a clue. The I don't have a clue what's going on, but I love it. Like I know when we start getting into like. There's no qualifiers and semi-finals, I know that. But when we start getting down to like eight teams left or whatever, right? Um, I know you'll send me a message going, Gav, the fucking, the knockouts are on or whatever you just fucking call them, right? And I'll start watching them on a Sunday. And I have that red zone, the playoffs, wherever they're called, right? Um, and <coughs> I'll start watching them. I'm like, yeah, like, like they're gone. They're looking at this and has he landed? I'm like, I haven't a fucking clue what's going on. I just sit and watch, have some crisps and watch it. And I have great crack watching it. And it's actually better watching them when you don't understand because there's an extra element of of surprise in it, where you're going. All oh, right, yeah, that happened, but um, it was it was unbelievable. <laughs> the says the Ash Cloud stopped him <laughs> from coming here to collect the scratcher. He saw Veranda Chase. Um but look, we could we could just keep going on with these um these things. But the offside thing, sorry to answer that super chat. Um, it's ridiculous, but it's the real and. If you go by the rule, it's onside because what happens is for Phil, um, for the only person in this chat and on this show that hasn't seen it, a ball is played through um, towards Mbappe and he is offside when the ball is struck. He's clearly offside. He's probably a, he's a foot, two foot offside. But when it's played, he's offside. But the defender that 
the French fella tries to play it through to him, but the defender gets to it and makes a movement to it and kicks it, and it goes into Mbappe's stride, and he scores. Right now, when you but, say he kicks it, can I just ask? He makes, a deliberate, he makes a deliberate attempt to play the ball, and it, it continues on into Mbappe's stride, and he scores. Right, so it's the rule. It's a shocking rule, but it's the rule. Um, so if you went by the rules of that the other night, it's a goal. It's a legitimate goal. It's a bit like the ones you remember Villa against City, where um, the Villa defender, um, I, I don't know who's offside, my mile offside for City, ball takes down, um, City fella or the Villa fella takes it down his chest, it drops to City, he takes another touch, the guy comes from an offside position, wins it, and plays it to somebody who scores, right? And it's ridiculous, but it's the rule. Um, somebody says it's bollocks, Gav. It completely is. It is bollocks, Barry says. It is bollocks, Barry, but that's the rule. That's the rule. And and you see, the thing is, and, and the best argument I've seen about it was, if you see a true ball going through, don't go near it. If you think it's offside, don't go near it. Don't put, put yeah. yourself near it. It's But it's it, it's something that has to be changed because it happened to Lovren, you know, if you remember Anfield against... Um, against Spurs and Kane gets a penalty. The famous one where the ref and the linesman are talking and they mm-hmm. don't know what's happened. And he says, did such and such see it? And he, he, he hasn't seen it and they just make a decision off the back of it. So um, mm-hmm. it's one of those. It, it's it's ridiculous. But um, back to um, back to players that were either sold by clubs ended up being deadly and turning up for clubs for 50, 60 million or whatever it was. Or can, can, I, can I just address that goal there? Yeah. So what was this game? It was the... Uh, the UEFA, um, what Nations League final? Who gives a fuck? I don't know what he get. Did he get a trophy for winning? I don't know. Or did he get? So it's, it's like the Newcastle. It's like the Newcastle Texaco Bouncy Ball Cup. Like honestly, it's not going to matter to anyone in the world ever. They, no they should. Ever. They should. No, but they, with regards to the rule, I think they should change the rule and say, right, okay. Do you remember when the Harlem Globetrotters used to bounce the basketball with their heads? No. Did is that in a film? Doing, doing tricks and did, and doing things that were illegal during the game of, the, of basketball. That's that's what international football is. Nobody cares. It's just something to turn on the television. Honestly, pick a different sport. Stuart Mack has changed things around. He's throwing a curveball. He says, Danny Alves, best signing of all time. And he's nearly sure he signs for Sevilla for a quarter of a million quid. Red Steve reckons I just watch it with a big tub of Haribo. I'm not I'm not a jelly man. I'm being honest with you. Um, not a jelly man. No, I'm not mad on jellies. They're fucking too much hard work. Um, oh, I, I, I'd like to give a shout out to Burrito Box in Greystones, by the way. Just uh, if anyone is in the vicinity, get you, get down there. They've done a right. tremendous thing with the, with the burritos. They make a kid's burrito. Now, I'm not saying this to, to knock their profits or whatever, but if you don't want a full burrito, it's like a half-size burrito. So it's ideal for having a bit of lunch where you don't go over the top. So they have a burrito, they call it a kid's burrito, and they just cut it in half. No, That's it's not cut in half. They, they've, they've got a smaller tortilla wrap to make a right. smaller burrito but Why it's a full just make a normal burrito and cut it in half no because it's messy and anyone who eats a burrito knows this you can't just cut it never had in half. It. oh know. man there's too much the... gear in... I, I'm not getting into this it's too late at night but there's too much gear goes into a burrito for me there's loads of mess nah, it's, a, it's, it's a meal in a wrap but you can't beat it it's, it's, the, it's the greatest food ever made the Mexicans did right there Usman Dembele 150 million quid that's a terrible. That's, not, that's him, Coutinho, Griezmann. There's probably like that's that's Manchester City's transfer under Pep Guardiola. Right I'm there. trying to think of some <coughs> spores keep coming into my head. I, I have a feeling spores have made some mad ones as well. Where you go, oh look at these who do sign in that shy. Oh, I have it. Rebroff at spores. 
Remember Rebroff that was up front with Shevchenko and Rebroff came at the same time and both were absolutely geek. Remember? Shevchenko goes to no Shev, the, the, the Red Dynamo Kiev, Shevchenko, it's around ninety I wanna say ninety eight-ish. I wanna say that I could be wrong, right? Maybe ninety nine. And they both leave. They both leave Dynamo <laughs> Kiev. One goes to Spurs and one goes to AC Milan, if I'm right. And he was, oh, Rebrov was desperate. He just physically, he, just, <laughs> he was so bad. Roddy Lattner, Pavlyuchenko. Another party one up there. Take three bites out of it and serve. <laughs> oh, is this with regards to the burrito? Um, <laughs> to get a kid size. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. In fairness to them, just cut it in half and call it a kid's one and people. Nah, it's, it's, it's genius. James, yeah. and I just want to say, well done to them. Well done, well done Zeb Malik says, again. I remember when Gav had a curry, lol. Um, yes, of course I did. I went they to also have ghost pe- They've also got ghost pepper salsa, which I had with it, and it's fantastic. Means, means nothing to me, but means mm. nothing to me. Um, Pavlyuchenko, of course, fantastic. being shouted out there. Um, Red Steve says, we broke Shevchenko in 2005. He was never the same after that. He wasn't, even when he went to Chelsea. Um, La Celso, 60 million quid sports. That's what he reckons. I don't, even know. I don't even know what um, that is. Lo Celso's a decent player, um, I suppose. I think, um, the, the, uh, what's the guy's name? He's still at him. He's, he's sent him a field. Mourinho. No, he's, he's the centre midfield. Um, Endombele. Endombele looks a cracking player. And it just didn't happen. Um, and I, I have I have in my head, I have Leon in my head, like loads of players have left Leon and meant to be deadly on the map. But um, mm. I don't know. I don't know. Any, any more before we go, Phil? We've done an hour and 15 minutes. I think we've done just, a lot. Memphis Depoy at United. That was a massive yeah. sign and then he was shite. Yeah, he was. Probably signed too early. Um, no, we, we, like by the way, we got we've we signed absolutely loads of cabbages over the years. So it's like <laughs> Darren Dunbar <laughs> says Radichoyo at West Ham played eleven games, went on a shopping trip, and never That's came true. back. <laughs> That's of course the classic Harry Redknapp one, isn't it? Um, yeah. isn't there another one where um wasn't it Ben Johnny? Ben Johnny was at Portsmouth and uh Man City, of course, with that money, put in a bid for Benjani, who was banging in goals apart. Not the best player in the world, but banging them in, right? And um, and they done it later on with a guy from Swansea. Who was the guy from Swansea that he signed? The big striker at Swansea that went, to, I'm nearly sure he went to City. And he was oh, like, he was your man that scored 100 million goals for Swansea when Rodgers was deadly. He, was, he scored loads of goals. What was his name? Yeah. Win, Winfred uh, Boney. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, back to Benjani. So, um, Redknapp is at Portsmouth and he's trying to get rid of Benjani. He likes him, but he's trying to get rid of him because he's been offered 15 million quid or something for him. And he's like, I have to get this. I have to get this out. I have to get him out of here because I want the money, right? And he has City lined up and Benjani won't go. He won't go. They have to drag him <laughs> to the fucking airport. And when he sent to the airport, they get a phone call going. He hasn't turned up. Went back. He was still in the airport. He wouldn't leave. He wouldn't, eventually got him to go. And he was like, Come on, Benny. Come on. Like, it's like, fucking, come on now. Come on, let me show you something nice. Like, fucking madness. Um, but Harry Redknapp, like, <laughs> so fucking funny. Some of the stories he comes out with. Um, of course, Zeb Malik says, uh, Harry loved the brother Nico Cranker. He did. He did. When Nico Cranker turned up at Rangers, I fully expected Rangers to give um, <laughs> Harry Redknapp the job just on, on the strength of them, you know, being together. But um, Boney, meet you. Do you remember Meet you? Was bringing yeah. the Swansea for a year, and I think yeah, yeah. a couple of years later he was playing the tour division in Spain. Um, Did so he not go to sports? No, meet you. No, me, no, you're no, no. He doesn't. Who was, that, who was the fat Egyptian that used to play for sports? Oh, oh he was with. Was he? Wasn't he with Wigan? 
He was with Wigan as well. He scored a fucking brilliant goal at Anfield. Is the centre forward? Yeah. Um, and you see love him coming the, out in the love press. The well. <laughs> Mido. 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 That's Mido. what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. LFC yeah. Aaron's love in there. The burrito. Uh, Jonathan was Mido in the press. Mido loved the burrito. Mido yeah, loved um, the burrito. He was he was he definitely didn't have the kids' portions or the lunch portions of, of, of burritos. He was going full yeah. in. Um Chris Sutton to Chelsea. That was a shambles. Yeah, that was, was that wasn't that's, a great one. That's a borough signing too. Did Mido go to Borough? He fucking did. Yeah, Mido was at Borough as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I have a feeling that I have a feeling that he was at I want to say Wigan, right? And he goes to Spores, and then I think he ends up <laughs> I think Middlesbrough tries to sign him. Or maybe he goes to Middlesbrough then sports. I'm not too sure. But like they were bringing him in at Middlesbrough and they were like, he's going to be the Bizzo. And he wasn't. Um, Thomas Brolin at Leeds. Uh, of course, Leeds went through this stage of signing mad players as well. Didn't they? Because he, yeah. um, Peter, but Peter Ridsdale, like, you know, people hate Mike Ashley, right? And Newcastle. But the stuff Peter Ridsdale was up to at Leeds was just criminal. Remember, and I must get Joe, fish. I must get, I must get Jay, Joe Wayman on one night to talk about um, Peter Ridsdale because the famous story, of course, is, um, the, the left back, um, Johnson. Do you remember him? Baldy fella yeah. at Derby. And he turns up at Ellen Road to try sign, or he is signing for Leeds, and they're going, I think he was on 10 grand a week, and he's like, if I get 20 out of this, I'll be fucking delighted. Do you know what I mean? And he walks in the door, and Peter is there sitting there with a million quid worth of fish in a fish tank, right, in the boardroom. A million fucking quid worth of fish. And just literally, uh, Johnson's waiting outside. I can't remember. This. Seth Johnson. He's sitting outside while his agent goes in, right? And the agent says, look, if you can get 15 out of this, wherever it was. But anyway, it, it, he, they basically threw 35 grand on the table or 40 grand on the table, straight off the bat. Like, you know, we'll give you 40. And the agent went, oh, not too sure about this. I'll have to talk to him. Goes outside and says, they're in there offering us 40 grand a week. And he's like, right, let, look, let's hang around out here for five minutes and pretend we're not going to fucking take this. And goes back in and says, all right, go on, we'll take it. He fucking 400% rise he got on his wages. Rizdale's sitting there with all his exotic fish. Fucking mad, like. Um, I, I, want, I, want to, I want to do the next international break. I just want to do a podcast on Middlesbrough, 90s Middlesbrough under. Yeah, I think we should. I think we should. Under Roy I Robson. Think, I think we should do like we've done now, we've done fucking forty minutes on this, but I think we could do easy another hour. Um maybe a draft of the war silence. That Middlesbrough ever made. You could be there for uh, three hours. Do you know what? This was actually a sad one. Um Luke Neal is signing for Villa. Yeah, looked amazing, yeah. makes his debut, gets a career ending, and it was a horrible fucking injury. And Luke Nillis was really fucking good. He was really yeah. good. Um but that was horrible what happened to him. It, was, it might have been the opening day of the season. I was a couple of day, couple of games in, and he just. Oh, it was, I think he'd, he'd scored a few goals for Villa at that stage. I think it was the fourth or fifth game in. Yeah, it was um, horrible, horrible yeah. to watch. It was a bit like that one. Do you remember the the player at uh, Coventry, St- David Boost? Was it, was, was it Shea given as well that he collides with? It, it could have been. I remember the David Boost one, Coventry at Old Trafford, and it's yeah. Michael is fucking doesn't know what to be doing with himself. Bojan Pass says, Gav, Gav loves Seth Johnson 100%. It's just one of my favourite stories. The fish and literally going in and getting, like, literally, it, it, it'd be like buying something for a fiver and someone going straight away, here's 20 quid for it for no reason. Yeah, I um, only, I've, I've only just realised how much I miss Middlesbrough. Oh, uh, it's so good. Um, gas going ends up at Middlesbrough. Yeah, Gascoigne ends up there. Um, they had some crackers. Um, 
uh, Jonathan says, just the old pod in the 90s Premier League and the madness of it all. Do you know what? That would take a little bit of research, I think, wouldn't it? Where you yeah. go and you just look through the 90s and go, right, mad players, mad things that happens. Like like even the thing like today, like the, the birth of like just attacking referees, the canyon, like pushing mm. a man over and it's the worst fall in the world. And you're like, literally, this, but it was just mad stuff, wasn't it? It was just, uh, the 90s was so fucking good. Well, this is the thing, right? And also, you did have players who become fat, right? So you get fat footballers in the, in the 90s, right? You don't have it anymore. There was Neil, if anyone can remember back, like you have the likes of Neil Redfern at Barnsley and also all the other teams that came up and got on Bradford and all these teams that got promoted with always signed Neil Redfern and they all got relegated within nine months of when they always ended yeah. up with the worst defensive record. Stuart Max says he's pretty certain that Borough signed Malcolm Christie from Derby as well. The gifts that keeps on giving. I'm going to find a Borough fan and we just sit down and have a talk about this because, do you know what, uh, like, you know the way you talk about, like, you know, the history of the club and all this, and, and then you look at Middlesbrough and you just go, this is fucking brilliant. Um, like, not to, not to, not to laugh from, uh, Nillis, uh, Collided with Richard Roy, apparently, according to Laura Duffy. Right. Um, Richard Roy would have been. It was Richard Roy playing for Ipswich. No, was he playing for Arsenal? Because remember, he signed for Arsenal. Right. Okay. Yeah, that was a, was a terrible meal from him as well. Franny Jeffers to Arsenal. Was, they was terrible. Like there's, there's some serious amount of fat players in the nineties. That alone is that's a draft. <laughs> right here we go. Players. Bonkers FC says Merson, Parallel Townsend, Downing, Woodgate, Paducah, Middlesbrough. <laughs> It's it's like it's just a cesspool. Like if ever a team Paul Ince, repre- Paul Ince sorry, ends up at Middlesbrough. If ever a football club represented a town, Middlesbrough is is Middlesbrough. Like you couldn't. It, it just encapsulates. I think Paul Brennan, uh, RIP, when he was on the show, remembers his, he has a famous story about being in Middlesbrough, <laughs> the smoggy bastards. And if you can go and find the podcast that he was on, he'll explain the whole. There's a whole thing to do. Honestly, that's a phenomenal. Middlesbrough's it's a phenomenal. Shaman. The shaman singing, just randomly singing live in a football stadium well, on a Monday uh, night. You know what I mean? Um, there's, there's a lot of things. Me, that was a fat Zee footballer. Goes to Middlesbrough. The fat footballer thing has got my mind going now because, like, there was. Some, well, if we can, the, if we can find a way, if we can find a way to amalgamate fat footballers, <laughs> Middlesbrough, and the nineties, and um, terrible transfers, we might, we might actually do it. Yeah, because um, the, the, the only way I can sort of match up any modern day examples of fat footballers is Hazard. Raina, do you remember Raina had the surgery and came back and was playing for, for Bayern Munich and it looked like yeah. he'd eaten his, his brother as well, right? Yeah. And um, who was the other one that was in my head there? Dean so Windass. All Mario the Gott- teams. He Mar- ended up, Mario- he played at Middlesbrough. Yeah, Mario Gotze. Mario Gotze, do you remember that Bayern Munich made up this thing that he had a glandular problem? He never had a glandular problem when he was at Borussia Dortmund with, with, with uh, yeah, um, showed up. Got- just showed yeah. up when he got the Bayern. And then just yeah. just suddenly appears, and he has a he has a, a metabolism problem that nobody else has ever had in the, in the football thing. His metabolism problem, just like uh, Eden Hazard had a metabolism problem, and Rain had a metabolism problem. Remember, Hazard said he couldn't get used to eating all the food at nighttime out for in Real Madrid, and that's why he put a he was just eating, uh, eating pastries and pasta. Yeah, but, all the, night but, the, but the difference the difference in what he ate was unbelievable. Like, um, I remember listening to a podcast. I think it might have been Ray Parler, who it, it was very Neville Southall. Neville Southall. Very, when, Neville, when he Southall was still deadly. You still but remember he played for Bradford and he was literally about 23 stone the day he played for Bradford. He yeah, was used no, to goalkeeper coach there. Yeah, that's right. But but the, but Ray Parler tells a story about when 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 um uh what's his face? Wenger comes into Arsenal, right? And they all go they all go away, one of the first pre seasons, and they're told, right, listen, Wenger was very kind of strict. He said, Right, you can go out and you can have a couple of drinks, 
and he's behind by a certain time. He said, and like he said, we all went there. We are fucking lashing drink over. He said, we we managed all the French kind of fellas stayed together. You know the sort of way they kind of stayed together. And um, he said, we are going on the car. We're all bleeding locked. He said, and he came around the car. All the French fellas are sitting outside cafes, just sitting there smoking. You know what I mean? And it was actually smoking wasn't frowned upon as much as drinking in the French culture. <laughs> The lads were like, no, nothing wrong with this, you know, the sort of way. Um, but the difference, the, the, and, and then when you see the change in football, it was like, Banger did change it. He came in and went, listen, what are you doing? You know, the sort of way. Um, but there's uh, uh, so much in the 90s. We should definitely do something on the 90s. 100%. Absolutely. And Middlesbrough being the absolute epicenter of it, because Middlesbrough is so fucking good. I, 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 I never realised how good it is until I started talking about it tonight. I think we have we have two things. We have... Middlesbrough, 90s football that revolves around Middlesbrough, the Middlesbrough bubble that happens through 90s football, right? And then we have yeah. to do a second one on, on fat footballers. I think there's two drafts, fat footballers, right? Because there's been some great, like Lukaku at United when he just piled on the pounds, right? And you look at him now and he doesn't even look like half the player, he was, like half the size of the player he was when he was at, at United. Yeah. Um, yeah, that we definitely, we have to do something. But Brian Robson um, and Terry Venables leading... <laughs> Do you know what we'll do? Do you know what we'll do? We will do. I think the best thing to do, right, is a, is a draft. We'll get three people on, right? What we do is me, you, and somebody else will be a competitor in this. We'll have a host, and we will have, we will pull forward the the, the mad, the maddest 90s transfers to be managed by Terry Venables and Brian Robson. That's what we'll do, right? And we'll put three teams together and see who wins, right? So it has to be a player in the 90s that was shit. Now, it can't be just shit 90s players. It has to be players that moved in the 90s for where you thought they were deadly and they were brutal, right? And and you have to get a team of 11 and three teams of 11 to finish off, but they will definitely be managed by Brian Robson and assisted or just his mate, Freddie Venables, hanging around the place where it turns out Venables is actually the manager, but he can't tell anybody. And you know what? It's like one of the worst kept secrets of all time, like, don't tell anybody that Terry's doing the job, right? No one will notice. And then when you see the kids on the line, you just have to go and watch them. It's fucking so good. I'm actually thinking right now, I can't actually, I can't actually get over how funny that was. It was fucking unbelievable. So oh, it's just so good. Steve um, McLaren, Steve McLaren, Middlesbrough, uh, Garrett Sauke, go to Middlesbrough. Um, what? What? How can you continually for all those years? Just make... Middlesbrough. Just pick all the, just look at the squads of Middlesbrough from from. I think they come in ninety five. I think, and that they're there, and then they go off, and then they come back. But like even them, um, the force money team. By the way, they're what? the first. They're the first example of Blackburn and them were the first money team. So we, we start. It's yeah. like we come back around on this team, right? They were yeah. the first Alan, where this oh, money was being pumped in to win. Alan Boxage, he was at Middlesbrough. <laughs> I'm not sure if Michael Reisiger was, but but Alan Boxage most definitely was at Middlesbrough. It was it was just mad. It's just fucking yeah. mad. And and there's another story then that I heard from uh, Parler. Um, I, I, might, I don't know who gets sacked, right? But Selke ends up taking over, right? Selke ends up taking over, and um, Parler is there, and they're in a meeting, and um, he turns around immediately and he says, "I want you to call me Gaffer from now on." Right. Imagine going in and saying that to a whole crowd of people, right? <laughs> Walking in the village for the thing, going, right, team meeting, call me the gaffer. That's the first thing. The second thing is, something was said, there was a comment made, and Parler Jack. laughed. He, he laughed, right? And made reference to something about um, 
Southgate's nose or something like that. Joke, because he's mates with him. Do you know what I mean? Playing fucking England together a couple of years ago. He's mates. And um, <laughs> Southgate loses the plot completely. Tells Ray Parley's to train with the reserves. He never plays with Middlesbrough again. <laughs> it's so good. Middlesbrough, shit. Parley's won leagues and everything. Now you're not playing. Oh. You, you slag me nose. Um, Jeremy, says Norma. Um, Jeremy Ger- was at Middlesbrough. Uh, yeah, that was two um, The Turkish lad. Did he play for Middlesbrough? Yeah. Two guy was with Blackburn. No, he I played for Middlesbrough guys. as well. He 100% played for Middlesbrough as well. All right. Okay. Um, I'm I'm not sure. Um, oh, we have to do this. Yeah, no, we, we definitely do this. So what we do is, right, in the, it, there has to be an international break coming up at some stage. So the forum next during week. the next international break will be three people picking three 11s from the 90s <laughs> But they have to be players that were, you know, of oh, these are really good, but they turned out to be shit, right? Most of them will be from um, Middlesbrough. And we will put them forward for a public vote on the understanding that they will be managed by Brian Robson. And <laughs> or Terry Ven- Venables. Or, and Terry Venables, who's just there for the crack. right? But actually, he's doing the job, which is brilliant. T- Terry uh, rock Venables. Rock him back. T- um, Fabio, rock him back. It wasn't Terry Venables. Terry Venables was, was, Terry Venables was Colo Torre and the Sheriff. Oh, it was just, just <laughs> madness. Just mad. It's so good. Go back and check it out. But we'll definitely do this. I'm going to write it down. And the next international break, we are doing um, highly rated, <laughs> terrible fellas from the 90s. Um, oh, Terry, managed by Brian doing? Robinson and Terry Venables. That's what we're doing. Right, what we are have you doing to go. here, Terry? What are you doing here? Oh, it's so good. There. I'm telling you. The, the funniest oh. thing about it is not telling anyone what was going on, but making it. Fucking the most obvious thing you've ever seen in your life when you actually come out to play a game of football. Um, yeah, there you go. Look, Brian Terry is just here scouting, scouting. today. Says Bobby Wallace. Yeah, he's on a course. He's on a course. He's on walk experience. Can he follow you around for a couple of weeks? So fucking good. And like I said, we're laughing, but we don't know. We don't know ourselves. We're actually put a name on it, which was which was brilliant. But it's actually yeah. better when you don't put a name on it. When yeah. you don't say anything, you just go in and go. He's just here. He's just. <laughs> Just he's just here for a bit. It's grand. Middlesbrough is 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 a classic case study. This is this is brilliant. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely going up to look the squad list up for Newcastle or for Middlesbrough between probably ninety five and whenever thousand. Ninety five and ninety nine, I think it's crack is um is uh it's it's gonna be deadly. Um anything else before we go, Phil? Anyway. Anything else? Anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to say before we go? No, we'll keep the we'll keep kits for another day. I'm sure yeah. when the next 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 kits come out. Yeah, um, we we'll talk about kits uh, another day, definitely. But the player stuff was deadly tonight. I really enjoyed it. Um, what are we doing uh, this week? Uh, me and Andy are back tomorrow for something similar to this, but we're just talking random stuff. Um, spoiler alert: I'm going to have a right go off Andy about the brand of his toaster because um, he's even got notions on toasters now, which is fucking outrageous. What did he get? Um, did he get a smeg toaster? Yes. All right. Um, no, no, no. There is. There's no wrong with buying any toaster. It's your attitude when you buy one is the issue. Right. Um, and I will be taking that up with Andy along with other stuff as well. Um, we're doing that tomorrow night. We're doing that from 10. That could go till 12 tomorrow night. It really could go uh, till 12. It's all for Sienna tomorrow night. Um, there'll be no, there'll be no subscribe, like, comment. There'll be none of that. There will be literally a link on the screen tomorrow night that you will go to for her GoFundMe to help get her um, towards 120,000 that she does need. And that will be tomorrow. Wednesday night, it's uh, the midweek fix. It's going to be me. It's going to be Kevo Sullivan. 
Keith and Conroy, I think, on Wednesday night. We don't know what we're talking about yet, but we have to go back into the serious stuff of football. But I'd happily talk about Middlesbrough for the rest of the week. And Thursday is Carnage with Grizz. Friday is uh, Sports Unplugged. That's going to be me and Kev this week. Um, Avi and Connor are, have work commitments, so they're stuck. So it's going to be me and Kev O'Sullivan on Friday. Saturday is match day, so we're going to have pre and post match. And we will be back on Sunday with the Fatback Four. It has been brilliant um i think we should do the forum or only two people from now on i'm going to be honest with you um <laughs> just literally two people talking Talk about, about shy footballers Talk, <laughs> literally the forum brought to you by selne um the selne riverside um from now on hey, from hey, here on in. yeah the selne oh. yeah 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 uh, i remember the i remember you used to come up uh, used to come up sorry um when they got into the league and they had a helicopter flying over the same, like, there's nothing else there. What the fuck? Where have they built this? And uh, yeah. there was nothing else there, but um, uh, it was a bit of crack. Right, that has been it. Thanks for watching. Uh, talk to you again soon. Thanks, Phil. See you in a bit. Sports Social Podcast Network.